You're checking out the Nifty Q Show. All right, good morning, good evening, good night. It is another edition of the Nifty Q Show. We're interviewing influential founders, leaders, and awesome people in the NFT industry. Today, I'm sitting with the man, the myth, the legend, Kagi Yan, one of the major voices in the NFT gaming movement. We'll be talking in depth about the current and future play to earn economy, the top five games he's paying attention to in 2022, and setting the record straight on the Axie Infinity Beef, and much more. And I, I have a friend in here too. He's not just an influential founder or leader or what have you. He's a good friend. My man, Kagiyan, how you doing? The juice is in the house. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we shared um, a few shows together in the in the past. Um, I'm I'm happy to to be back. You know, even if I'm not doing shows with you right now, we're still friends. We still have a good relationship, and I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here because I think this was you guys were one of the first people that interviewed me anyway. So it's like it comes full circle. How have you How have you been since that moment? Since we were on your stream for that that one time where you were like streaming i think it was it wasn't gods unchained it was lost relics maybe I, lost relics yes and how has life been since uh, like eight months ago bro <laughs> i mean the space has just gone insane bro like uh, a lot of content creators coming in a lot of people pushing different projects people are building um and it's just a lot of work it's a lot of work we still don't have enough people here to to kind of fulfill um kind of like everything that needs to be done in this industry but we're seeing you know more people come in like you know the head of youtube gaming shifting into polygon studios um we got um justin from from the, the founder of twitch um coming into building fractal right um we just we just have so much juice right now like it's just picking up it's picking up yeah we got a lot of uh, chatters here in the house i'm sure a lot are here to see kagi and so I'll give them one time bro give me the give me the juice one time because i love how you say it <laughs> oh the fucking juice baby <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're dude we're gonna touch I have it right on, here i have it right here bro I, oh, he's, I hope i hope you guys at home are drinking the juice i got some juice kaggy's got the juice we're gonna talk no nft no play uh so let's talk about your rise into nfts bro like how, how did you get into crypto and nfts when did the light bulb moment happen for you uh and then we'll make our way into kind of like having an industry discussion Absolutely. Let me let, let me jump in like into my background and I'm going to do it quick because that, that gets boring. So we're not about boring. We're about the fucking juice here. All right. So it started really um, when I was in, in high school. I didn't do anything. I failed high school. But the one class that I always succeeded at was photography and art. So. Um, my, my dad also sells art. So I always been around art about being like an artist, kind of like just being me. And just, that, that was my thing. So then I go to college, right. With my GED for, for film. Then I get a job at MTV and within MTV, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm liking my job. It's a cool job. We even had like a drinks at the job and everything like a fridge. I have my own office and we drink and edit videos for Amazon, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. But then I started watching Twitch and I was like, bro, I could do that. I'm a gamer. I always been a gamer. So, um, like I would game eight, 10 hours a day, even with work, because I would get out of work and go to sleep super, super late and go to work, like faded, like, like done. So I saw that opportunity, got into Twitch. Um, Twitch went pretty well because I picked up Fortnite right at the beginning, right at the beginning. And it was doing good. But then big content creators started um, getting into Fortnite. So they kind of attracted all the, you know, all the viewers from the micro streamers. And then we, we, we got, you know, we, we were done. We were done at that point. So, um, I go to TwitchCon 
I don't know, 2018. And then my cousin tells me, you should do YouTube, right? YouTube, the algorithm, the, you know, it's just better there. It just grows, grows, grows. And your energy put there has a, a, a longevity. It has longevity because, you know, people can watch it later and all that stuff. So I started doing YouTube, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't doing crypto YouTube. I was just doing um, regular games. And then in 2020, I was like, let me see if there's any crypto games out there, right? I already knew about crypto kitties and I, I jumped that part, but I got into crypto in 2017 while all this happened, MTV, all of this. So I already knew there was games kind of building, but it was kind of, uh. so in 2020, I decided to do my research. I found lost relics, found Axie, found hash rush and found a few others found engine. And then I was like, bro, there's an opportunity here. Nobody's doing this. And it just made sense to me that you could own, um, assets, right? Um, I, it was the same thing, a token, um, like a, like an, like a, a currency It's the same thing as an NFT. It's literally the same thing. It's just a token. The only thing is that this NFT has an image attached to it. It's more metadata or whatever. So it just made sense to me. Like you could own that token and sell it to other people freely with nobody in the middle telling you, you can't sell it. Right. Um, so, so that's where it clicked, you know, in 2020. Yeah. And we're going to, and we're going to talk about NFTs and what you're seeing in gaming and things like this, but I want to talk about Kagi, bro, because that's, I mean, people see you now and they see the success. You have what a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. you got the Twitter check that all of us want. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but you, you talked about a timeline there of like 2016 to 2020. Mm -hmm. That's a long ass grind. That is a long ass grind that not a lot of people see. You were selling water, like repackaged water at some point. Oh, that's true. You, you, you were going to work with like three hours of sleep because you love the gaming. What kept you going? Because I feel like people need to know like what makes Kagi Kagi because there's that there's that fire. Yeah. And there's that thing in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw my parents always, they, they built their businesses and they weren't successful in terms of economically, right? Like, but they always built, they always built, you know, we had an art gallery, we had a jewelry store. Um, my mom was a top seller on eBay, right? Um, my dad never quit his, his art, right? Even when we moved to the United States, he still sells art to this day. And it's a hard it's a hard business, very, very hard because you're holding all these art pieces and then you got to find a buyer, right? There's no, it's like an NFT. There's no liquidity to a lot of these, right? You got to find a buyer and you got to go to their home and you got to tell them like, look, this is going to look good here. This is a good artist. You should have it. It gives you prestige, blah, blah, blah. The, the whole wazoo, you got to sell them, right? Uh, on this good piece of art. So it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. So the, the money wasn't always there, but I did see the business, right? Side of things, like the grind. So for me, I grew up in that grind. I saw my parents grind, 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 grind. So for me, it was very, very natural. And that's basically what kept me going. It's, it really comes down to my family seeing that. But I, I did see financial problems in my home and even fights about financial things, like any home, right? Like, oh, we don't have the money to pay the bill or we don't have the money to do this or that, blah, blah, blah. And that motivated me mm -hmm. to search for that success, um, like money with, with something I wanted to build. Always money, but with something I did. Not money that came from somebody paying me um, at a job. Although I did have a few jobs, but because you have to, right? Gotta live. But I, I, I yeah. So I built a, a brand, a, a clothing brand, um, failed. It was called Chilling Hard. I built an app, uh, which is something like Uber. It was something like Uber Eats, but for cleaning. So right now I would 
pull up my thing and just order a cleaning lady and you could see her coming and whatever. Bah, bah, bah. That sounded pretty bad. <laughs> That's not the app we want. Not today. <laughs> That's, not the app. That's not the app we want. But anyways, it failed. And then I did Twitch, kind of failed. Um, but I still kept going because I really like, you know, being on camera. So that's what really kept me going. Yeah. So, so this influence from the family, is that, was that like pretty much just visual? Like, are you just seeing that your family is going through these hard times and, and, but also kind of the business side of it, or are they imparting like words of wisdom? Are there, were there things that your dad or your brother or things like this or your mother were telling you like, this is how you should be in business. No, they didn't have, they didn't give me that education. That education was almost like uh, a natural thing that I saw that I saw. What I do have is, you know, family values, right? Like, um, uh, you know, I come from a, from a tight family that, you know, takes care of each other. And although we go through hardships and stuff like that, I do, I do have that in my family. So no, no, I don't have like some crazy story. Like my dad beat me and then something happened and then none of that, you know, yeah, no. but I do, I did see hardship. And that's something I didn't want for myself. I didn't want to get to, I don't want to get to like 50 years old and ha having kids and having to worry about if we're going to pay the, the, the light bill, like, no, no, I don't want mm. that. I don't want that for myself and I don't want that for my kids. Right. Gotcha. So love it, man. I appreciate that breakdown. So let's get back into that timeline. Uh, you said, you know, you were working kind of like odd jobs or things in like traditional space in from 2016 to about, I think you said 2020 is when you kind of found and really dove into NFTs. Did you just kind of skip the collectible scene and, and the art scene and all these things and just make your way straight to gaming or do those industries and verticals interest you? A straight to gaming. I went straight okay. to gaming because it just made sense, bro. Like art right now has utility. There's a lot of art with utility. You know, you know, you could connect to here, do this, do that. But that wasn't the case in 2020. It was like, Oh, this piece of art. Boom. I was like, bro, I come from the art industry, right? At least I can hang it in my house. Like, the art in, in the blockchain cannot be the same as art in the traditional. It could be, it could be, mm -hmm. but we're starting to see that you have a board ape, right? Now you get into this party utility right there. R utility. Now that's your ticket, your way in your way in. So I, I think I did a podcast once with you where I took a piece of art. And I was like, well, the difference is that the digital one, you can actually walk in through this door if you have the digital one. And this one doesn't let you walk in. You can't go to a party with, you know, with a digital, uh, with a physical mm -hmm. art piece. So that's why I didn't go in. But now there's more utility. I see more and more going on. And I'm willing to later on jump into that. But I went straight to gaming to answer your question. Yes. Awesome. And, and that's really why you're here is to break down the NFT gaming industry. So you got in with like Lost Relics to start. You were doing that deep dive uh, really in that 2020-21 kind of time frame. So tell us about it, man. Like what should somebody at home that doesn't know what's happening in NFT gaming, uh, what should they know? And, and I want to get your like fresh take and your eyes on the gaming industry as it is today. Uh, and in the future. Yeah. I think the best way to get in first, the first, the, the best way to get into gaming right now, NFT games, it's not to go for the games that are, um, that are upcoming. Like that's risky, right? That's a little bit risky um, because people want that. Like, yo, I want what this person did. You know, they got in early and now they made it and stuff like that. What I would do 
is grab games that are working products right now. And that's what I did with Lost Relics and Axie and, and Hash Rush. I could play those games. I was like, these are playable games. There were others kind of like, oh, in the future, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, let me play this. Let me understand what I'm up against. So people should do the same. Whether you like Axie or not, you download it, you buy three axes for 30 bucks, whatever, and you play it. You kind of like, you know, you see what it is. You feel it. You feel, oh, shit, I own these. And even if you sell it later for less money, like, it doesn't really matter. It's just, a, just it's, a, it's a trial and error type of thing. Just kind of feel it out. What does it mean to even have an asset in your wallet? That would, that's what I would do 100%, the first thing I would do. Um, and then later on, you, after you get that feel, you start looking for other games and be like, okay, this one is upcoming. I like that style. And let me get into the Discord. First thing, Discord. How is the Discord? How is the community? Very, very important. Because a lot of games, you go into the Discord and they're not responsive. They're, they're assholes, right? Like, uh, the, you know, you're like, you ask a question like, oh, it's pinned. It's pinned. Like, didn't you see the pin? Like, what do you mean you didn't see the pin? I'm new here, bro. Like, like fucking, you know, babysit me a, a little bit, you know? Like, make me feel like I'm welcome, right? So th that type of attitude and that type of things, I kind of... You know, stay away from that. Okay, so put them on blast real quick because I know Kagi is good for a viral clip. Like, which projects came in and, and said, go look at the pinned tweet? Um, well, for example, I'll give you an example in 2020. The reason I went all in on Axie, it was really the Discord, right? It was really the Discord. That's really what made the difference. I went into Lost Relics and... I was, I was asking questions about how to, you know, what are the best weapons? What are the best things? And I knew there were some OGs there because, you know, they had like the tag or whatever. And I see that they're, you know, and I asked, they're like, oh, we don't really know. Like, like, like they were like deviating and trying to not give me alpha. And I was like, what the, f what is this, man? The more information you put out there, the, the more your game is going to flourish. And then I went into this, into Axia, and I asked, what's a mystic? What's a this? What's the best weapon? I mean, best land? What's the best? And, bro, they just get straight. They gave me all the information. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, bro, this community wants you to be here, right? So I was like, you know, the game is not the best, um, but, you know, I see the vision. I see the, how the community is handling people that come in. I'm in, right? It just resonated with me. So that Lost Relics would be like one of those that I'm like, yeah, that was toxic from the beginning. Okay. And this is an interesting dichotomy because now you have a beef with Axie, right? Like, like, and it's a little bit, I, I love the, the viralness of, of having competition in the space and, and kind of just drumming up interest, right? Like, so some of that is kind of a show in my opinion, but some of it is mm -hmm. for real. And that it is interesting that you have, kind of that beef with Axie right now, but we'll, we'll wait to get into this. Uh, we're we're going to give it like five to 10 minutes to let it simmer. So these first two games, were they lost relics in Axie? And then what were some of the games? Like, let me get that timeline of like, here are the first five games that I got into. Yeah. I would say highest rush first, which is still building. Um, that was the first one I played still in YouTube and then lost relics and then Axie, right? Those are the, that's the timeline. And then I got into Avogadji. Uh, as I, and I still own Avogadji's. Um, I, I think they get, they need to do a little bit more, but in terms of like, you know, I still not convinced of like what they have going on. Maybe I haven't spent enough time there, but I still have my Avogadji's cause I like the team and I know whether it's now or later, they're going to deliver something that, that makes people go like, wow, you know, so Avogadji, 
Um, and then a few games on engine nine lives arena at the same, it's literally the same time frame, right? Like, like maybe like uh, February to, to June, you know, nine lives arena. I, I got into every single game in, on engine. I still, oh, I still own those assets because they have good games. They just don't have a good infrastructure that, 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 that works. Right. They wanted to be their own thing, but they were charging ETH and engine in their marketplace to, to make transactions. It's like, what? like, bro, are you kidding me? Like you make, you, you're charging me engine as well on top of the ETH. That was a little, that was a like, little, what, greedy in your opinion? I mean, it's just not a good model. It's just not a, yeah. I don't know if it's greediness or, but they were early. So, I mean, yeah. I can't blame them either. It's like, they're trying to figure out, you know, like every other platform and game and whatever. But it's like, I actually kind of went down um, in the in the last few months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just kind of learn from that. So you can't be too harsh either on them, but yeah. Yeah. Biggest difference in games that you're seeing launched now, as opposed to when you first got in. Oh, definitely. We're seeing like AAA um, people that <clears throat> let's just not say AAA, the people that have experience in the AAA industry, right? They're coming in. You got Synergy Land, for example, there's a new one that I am um, invested in. Um, these people have worked for Riot Games, Nintendo, right? Like they have three, four years of experience. At least three teammates there have that experience. That's one. Then you got Aurori, same thing. I think some of them work for Ubisoft, for et cetera, right? Same thing. And then you got um, Star Atlas, for example. Uh, uh, Star Atlas has, although the core team at the beginning weren't gamers, they are they come from the financial industry, and then on top of that, they're hiring the people that they need, right? Like they're going for the people that they need, right? Like they're using their money, like yo, and they're paying for it. They're paying for good people. So we we're seeing um, more more experienced um, developers, more experienced. We got Rebel Bots that I just had a conversation with them. By the way, guys, check that game out. Um, these people come from you know they 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 have like I think they built the third. It's what I as far as I know, the third biggest app on on um, on, on the App Store in, in gaming. I mean, these people and they got investment for Ubisoft seed investment you know they're very very experienced um so yeah just more experience in general right yeah i mean you mentioned justin can in the beginning of the episode right co-founder of twitch mm -hmm. certainly we're gonna get only more experience in the space as guys like that tweet out you know nft gaming is gonna be bigger than twitch so you've had conversations with these with these guys who are coming in to the space now i'm, I'm sure what are their thoughts and what are their kind of having that experience as a co-founder of Twitch and being that steeped in the gaming industry? What are their thoughts about NFT games? Not to put words in their mouth, but. No, no. I, I talked to, I talked to two of them, right? I talked to uh, the head of YouTube gaming that now is a head of um, Polygon Studios. And then I talked to Justin as well on a one-to-one, -one, like a couple of days ago, both of them. And both of them, I would say they're in the middle, right? In terms of, and this is not like, don't take it and quote it. It's just like, this is the idea behind their thoughts. The idea is that, um, yeah, we like NFTs, but we got to make it easy. And it can't be this paywall all the time, like this huge paywall to get in or whatever. A lot of it, they're, they're thinking like, there's going to be hybrid, right? Like yeah, free to play to earn. And, you know, you earn the NFTs in game. Um, and it's not going to be like what we're seeing now that every single game before you even can get in, you have to pay like $500 for an NFT. Like, come on now, you know? Um, and so the industry is going to shift, but we're still going to have little communities like, you know, that, that do have their paywall, but, but people like being in those communities and, 
having those collectibles. So it's not going to go away or anything. Right. But, uh, but the point is that, yeah, that's, that's their thought. Like they're, they're in between and they want it. They want the industry to become easier for those gamers. Do these guys come off like super educated on the NFT side of the space? Like me and you would, where they're like really, you know, getting the right consulting and all this stuff and getting the right help. Or do they still kind of have their, they they, know. They know. They, okay. they know they're fucking, you know, the, the thing is that they, they came very humble, right? Like they came in very humble to learn, right? They're like, I was talking to Justin and I told him, bro, you built Twitch. What the, I can't believe I'm talking to you. And he's like, well, yeah, man, you know, like it is what it is, you know, like, uh, you know, I gotta stay humble. Gotta, you know, yeah. I made, made Twitch, whatever. Like he straight up told me like yeah. that. I was like, damn, you know? Um, so, so yeah, they come in humble and they, they, they come, they come in to learn, they come in to learn and they're, and he told me that like, I'm, I'm just learning it. Justin said, uh, but of course he understands that very, very deep, very, very deep. And also a whiz from Ryan whiz from, from the head of YouTube gaming, head of, um, Polygon Studios now. So both of them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that streaming and gaming guilds are going to be super interesting in the kind of the mix of the two, you know, you go into the hundred thieves site, which I'm a big fan of that organization, that esports organization, you go there and you don't even really see gaming until you like scroll halfway down the damn website. It's all culture based. Mm-hmm. So I'm super interested in how uh, like merch and all these things work their way into the NFT space. But I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Asmodai, uh, who's in the house asking a question. Guys, if you want to ask questions at Kagi, the comment section is open. Uh, for those of you that are here, this is the Nifty Q show. We're interviewing you know NFT influencers, NFT you know, people and just great, uh, you know, minds in the space. Uh, but we also do this on audio as well as YouTube that you're seeing here today. So definitely tune in on, you know, Spotify on Apple podcasts and all these things afterwards. Uh, so Asmodai has a question here. What genre of gaming do you think is underrepresented in the NFT space? Um, definitely shooters, definitely shooters. We still haven't seen shooters, but it's a tricky one. I'm going to expand a little bit on this one. I like, I like that question. Great question. Um, it's a tricky one because if you want to do play to earn, right. Um, what you're going to now reward people for, for killing other players. And what do you think is going to happen? Just straight up cheating, right? Straight up cheating. So I think the best way to go about a shooter is basically just drop NFTs and, you know, and maybe do an economy around crafting, um, um, skins, right? Like you do an, like you earn this token, but this token doesn't um, make you better in the game. Like you don't actually upgrade your weapon with this token. You upgrade, you, you just like, let's say you go into call of duty, you, you kill a few players or you go up in the leaderboard or whatever, whatever the system is to get that reward. Um, you get this like token, which is a resource like metal or like scrap. And then you put those metal scrap or even paint, right? Like a, like a paint scan, uh, paint can, right. And then you have all these resources that you can sell to other players, but you use those resources to craft a skin that you can use on your weapon. Mm. So now you, you make this economy that has a token, but it, does, it doesn't really affect the gameplay per se. So uh, it's aesthetic. Yeah, it's aesthetic, but it does create like this interesting dynamic of like, bro, I need to have this amount of paint, this amount of scrap, this amount of metal, this amount of wood to be able to craft this skin. And only 200 of those can be crafted. So now people are rushing to buy this token that you have farmed to just get that skin crafted, right? And then the blueprint mm-hmm. to craft that skin could be dropped in game or it could be sold 
by the devs so they can make money through there, like selling blueprints. There's only 200 blueprints. Boom. You could probably just take the CSGO marketplace model too and, and turn that into an NF, NFT like kind of, kind of marketplace, right? Like uh, the, the, the market for skins in any game is a fucking huge. Just get it and open it up uh, to an open, you know, decentralized marketplace. Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Got, gotcha. Okay. So before we make it to Axie and I do want to hit this and I want you to break it down once and for all, what is going on with the Axie Infinity stuff? And you know what? Now that I say it out loud, let's just get into it. What the heck is going on with the Axie Infinity beef that you've got going on? Give me a timeline and, and what the heck is going on, Kagi? No. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, I always been a supporter of Axie. I still support Axie. Um, but I have my thoughts. I have my opinions on, on how the game should go or how some things should be handled. But obviously I'm looking at it from a third uh, person, you know, third view, like I'm not in the Axie team. So it's very easy for me to criticize as well. So I also understand that now with that being said, there were some obvious things going on in 2021 where like the economy wasn't, you know, it was doing good, but I was like, bro, this is not it. Like this is not going to end well. And some YouTubers kind of like, like crypto King, shout out to crypto King. Um, Cause a lot of people hate him because of that. That's where he started his people hating on, on this kid. Um, because he did a video saying like, bro, this is like, this is going to go down. Um, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but he did it very passive. And then over time, because he didn't see any response from the devs, he kind of like got mad and be like, yo, like this is going to go down. Like, like I'm willing to sit down with the devs. I want to know what their thoughts are. And they never um, gave him the time of day. And then people just kind of like jump on, jumped on him. I was like, bro, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Let me go back into his videos and see how he progressed to that point um, of getting like kind of like worked up. And I saw that it was like we didn't pay attention to the creators that have concerns. So I kind of like backed them up there. And that's where I really started backing them, like backing other opinions where I was like, bro, this is, I agree with this, not gonna end up well. And some of the things that he said um, within those videos, I also didn't agree. Um, and I also said that, like, I don't agree with this, but I agree with this, blah, blah, blah. So I saw like the, the Axie community kind of like, you know, like take a, an aim at me, like, okay, Kagi's not with us. I'm like, wait a second, bro. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, are you kidding me? I've been like grinding your, your brand, our brand, Axie Infinity for, for the past year and a half. Like, are you, what are we doing here? Are you just going to like shut down everybody that has an opinion. Are you kidding me? Like, this is not it. So every time I had an opinion, I just started putting it out there and sometimes not in the best way possible. Right. Um, but still I put it out there and that is why I went back and I thought about what Kieran said at the beginning, um, where he took a shot at Axie. I don't think he did it the right way, but I think his intent other than that, what it looks like jealousy, um, uh, to a certain extent is I think he had a good intent of like, bro, we need better games here. This is not it, right? Axie needs to evolve, right? And I looked later on when I started having the beef with Axie, I'm like, yo, in reality, what? Kieran was saying, I understand him now, right? So, so yeah, I respect people that put their opinions out there and that's where the beef started. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So let's talk about the actual like details here. The, the Axie Infinity economy was doing super well at, at one point, right? Like they were all over the world getting kind of all this press about how people were, you know, pretty much making a full-time wage, just in SLP, just in, you know, all of being in the economy. So what was the actual issue that Crypto King was talking about? Was it a tokenomics issue? Was it a, 
you know, team wasn't being a responsive issue. What were those problems and do they still exist today? Yeah. Okay. So let's break it down. So one tokenomics, everybody knew the tokenomics weren't from the beginning, weren't designed to do this, right? This was an experiment. So that's why I give Axie kind of like, bro, you guys can't go too hard on them. Like they literally just said, let's drop this token. Let's see what happens. Let's see how people react to this early 2020. Like, bro, you think they, they, they knew like, let's make this Ponzinomics. So we take all this money and it wasn't like that. Are you kidding me? Like I actually didn't blow up until like late 2020. Right. Like they didn't have mm. this marketing strategy to get people in and get them involved. The scholarship system kind of came from the community. I was one of the first ones to even, um, the person that created it, he hit me up and I still have the messages there. Um, just in case somebody ever says I wasn't there. Yeah, I was there. I have the messages and he's like, bro, I'm creating this. What do you think? Um, like, and I gave him like advice of how to structure it in many different things. Like just, j- just kind of like opinions. But the point is that, the tokenomics are not designed for, you need burning mechanisms for a token like this that is inflationary and all of this stuff. So Yeah, hold up. This is a big claim, Kagi. You're saying you were there at the inception of this scholarship mechanic that Absolutely. is really kind of at the start of the play to earn economy. It's like the foundation of the play to earn economy. Absolutely. Yeah, I have, I have the screenshots. Ooh. Everything. Okay. I have the I have right. the messages, sir. Yeah. All right. Maybe. We'll, all right. We'll, we'll come back to that. I, I do want to touch on that, but stick with this Axie Infinity timeline. So everybody kind of knew that, or started to understand. At least people in the know started to understand that this tokenomics weren't going to work long term. Yeah. People. People knew. People that had experience in the in the gaming in the play to earn kind of understood that it wasn't going to work. And Axie already knew that too. They knew they needed burning mechanisms. But also came the growth with Axie. They had a they had an indie team, indie team, like 5, 10, 15, maybe 10 or whatever, handling a volume of a, almost, not, I wouldn't say a AAA game, but like a volume of players and transactions and stuff like that. Like that's that's a lot to take in. Right. So I, that's where I, I let actually be like, okay, it wasn't that easy to just let's put a burning mechanism because you, you could like kill the game with one update. Right. So if something's working, although it's not optimal, you got to kind of like take a step back and see how are you going to manage this? And it takes time. And then there's other things within the actually infinity world, the running network and all of this that is being built at the same time, the growth is happening. So you, you, you gotta be right. But the thing is that, back to the community, they weren't answering to the community. And now we're, we, we don't see that. And to answer your question, the later on question is like, we don't see that right now. Now Axie is answering to the community. They're doing Axie spaces. Um, Gio's just tweeted, like, if you guys are gonna buy SLP, use it for the in-game economy. Don't start gambling your SLP, like, oh, it's gonna go up, it's gonna go up. No, if you do that, cool. But that's, that's sensible to do. That's sensible to do. And that's something they didn't do in 2020, 2021. So they're, they're being more straight up. They're being more, more, uh, more open, transparent, and things are changing and they're making updates to, to the game that I know are coming. They're making updates and, and they're doing a good job with Ronin as well, uh, with the Axie token as well. All these different things were happening. So you're, you're right. It, it's important to be realistic that they were getting updates out at the same time. They went dark. I want to get your take on why the hell they went dark and why teams go dark at all. Like when it's so simple to just communicate with your community, but they're also still dark on you, Kagi. Like they're not retweeting you, right? Like they're not commenting on anything you're doing. Correct. Or do they actually like, yeah. I mean, the thing is that I had a, I had a little, 
like there's people that like me within the IXG team and there's people that don't. Um, so it's kind of how it is. It, it really came down to what happened with Bryson. If people know what happened, um, we had a little incident with Bryson, not going to go too deep on it, but you know, that, that kind of like, you know, um, they took, that took the trust away from the, from the team. And a lot of OGs, they don't follow me. They blocked me like without asking questions, right? Like I've been in the community for so long. And then you, you just kind of like comes this guy that is new to the community. He says something and that's it. Like you, you just jumped like this, you know, like, Oh yeah. Okay. I guess they were waiting for that moment to, to kind of cancel me. Right. So a lot of the team members also took that position and some didn't. Um, so I'm in between there and yeah, they retweet me. Sometimes they, they, they like my, my things. And, um, but it's not as often as, um, as, as I would like. And also, um, I understand them to a certain degree, but I also shifted the culture in actually, and I'll take, you know, credit for that, no matter what anybody says that now people can have an opinion, right? Now you got content creators saying, okay, this doesn't work. This works. Um, we would like to see changes here. They wouldn't even dare to say that six months ago. But somebody has to take the hit. And it was me and a few other creators that took the hit, right? Now it's normal, right? And those were the creators that were going after the people like me and other creators that were speaking truth. And now they're the ones speaking truth. Like that's, that's what's happening. So it always happens. It's like, there's always somebody that takes a hit and I'm taking the hit for that. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. within that timeline, Kagi, you've matured as a content creator. Your personality has, you know, been one of the main reasons that you've, you've grown, right? Like the, in, in the way that you approach content creation, uh, is really cool. Like you're, you, you go for the viral content, you know what you're doing, but are you cognizant now having gone through that, of the blowback that you're going to get in these controversies because you put yourself out there. You put yourself out there way more than other content creators do. Um, yeah, I don't care about the blowback. I have money, right? Like you can't cancel my money. Um, mm. right. Like, and I, it sounds kind of like fucked up to say that, but, um, but the thing is that when you are, when you are, um, attached to somebody paying you, it's different, right? Um, it's like, damn, I got to stay quiet, whatever this and that. Yep. But I mean, I made my moves, no VCs, you know, I, everything I made, I made it myself and I'm proud of that. Every single dollar, every single cent that I have, I grinded for it. I grinded it hard. And there's some other people that are different, right? Like they made it super quick, right? In the last six months, they have investments and stuff like that because they came in at the right time. But they have VCs, they have um, all these people backing them, and they're they, you know they can't be themselves. And I'm proud to be myself. Now I have matured in many ways, and um, there's some learning experiences out of that that I wouldn't do again. Um, but uh, some of the things I didn't do it um, with intent of of actually going viral. Like for example, the, I go back to the Bryson thing. Like uh, I said, the N word, but the, not the hard R. But it's something that we say in Miami normal. And Bryson said it to me, and I said it to him, right? And then I put it on Twitter. I sort of mindless, mindless. I put it on Twitter, and social media always wins. You know, so a friend told me when this was going on. He told me, bro, you gotta understand something. Social media is undefeated. Back to back championships. He told me. And I was like, I just fucking laughed. And it's true. Back to back to back. Back to back to back. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those are things that I have yeah. to think about, really, really think about before I tweet something. But I'm still gonna be myself. I'm not gonna change myself. Um, just because I have the ability 
to not change myself, right? Like, because I don't depend on anybody telling me what to do. And I want to stay like that. And that's how I built my brand. And that's how I've been grinding. And it takes longer to build like that because I can be the, yeah, Latinos, for example, I'm Latino. Latinos, should, we should empower Latinos. We should um, help them or like, I could do that. I could play that game and, you know, f- and kind of like uh, use that to be like, yo, Kagi cares about the Latino community that is underrepresented or whatever. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. If you're underrepresented, it's because you're not doing what you got to do, right? And that goes same for women, same for black people, same for Latinos. Grind, grind, grind. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too far down this conversation just because we have to talk about the rest of the plate our economy and things like that. But, you know, just being, you know, from my personal experience, having been raised by a military family, there's, there's no religion in a foxhole is a, is a very, uh, you know, standard term when it comes to the military, there's no religion in a foxhole. There's also no color in a foxhole when you're standing back to back with somebody and you guys are, you know, in harm's way, it doesn't matter what, their color, their skin is, it matters what the merits of their character and what they're going to do in that moment. So I appreciate people who don't see color just like you, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's a, that's a deep conversation uh, to get into. So I appreciate you kind of stopping by, man. Uh, certainly like there's a maturation process in there too. So I, I, I appreciate you owning up to that as well, like growing as a content creator. So for sure. Okay. So let's, let's cap off this Axie talk just by kind of staying in that play to earn industry. So Axie is the biggest NFT game, you know, in, in the world. Uh, they did a lot of things, right. They also did a lot of things wrong. What are some things with the play to earn economy that you see that need to be fixed? Like just from a, a tokenomics perspective, mechanics, just let's go there. Yeah, yeah. It's actually in terms of there's two things in terms of Axie and then in terms of other games and what they, what could they do in the future, right? So in terms of Axie, just basically add more utility, make the game funner, which is something that they're gonna do in the next um in the next uh, battle iteration. Um, I see we seen some leaks out there. It looks beautiful. Uh, I know we're gonna have crafting. We're gonna have uh, Axie upgrades. So we're gonna use that SLP um, to to craft your axes. So your axes are going to become closer to you. Uh, and uh, this is not saying it like, but you are going to become closer to them because you're going to see how your axes evolve, how you take care of them, by like upgrading them. And you're like, yo, I don't want to sell this. I put so much time into this axis to upgrade it. Right. And the good thing is that you're going to be able to sell that axis upgraded in the marketplace. So we're going to see now a different dynamic in the marketplace where people kind of upgrade axes quick, 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 and flip them. Right so that I don't have to spend the time. So if I don't want to spend the time crafting a certain Axie and upgrading it, then I'll buy from the market from somebody that put in the time. So we might see a different scholarship model rising up here um, where you kind of pay your scholars to just rank up Axies, upgrade them, and then boom, and you just keep doing that. That could be a scholarship model that could um, potentially um, be something that is it's, it's a rising thing. Now, that's the fix. Just make it funner make more things to do in the game so that the mint to burn ratio, it's kind of like closer, not necessarily like at the par, but like closer. And sometimes maybe the, the burning is more than the minting, but you don't want that either. Cause then the, the token price goes too high. So just kind of like this fluctuation, but like kind of steady. Right. Um, and that takes a lot of tweaks, right? Tweak here, tweak there. Um, and I think we're going to see more leverage, right? They're going to have more leverage with upgrades, with breeding, with leveling your axes and all of that. So that's going to be good. It's going to, I think it's going to stabilize the economy. And then in terms of new games, like I'll give you like synergy land, 
there's going to be free to play to earn, right? So basically you go into these dungeons, you find these tokens, you find the, the armor, you find the weapons in these dungeons, and then you can sell it to other players. And then the, the economy rises from the players, not from items sold from the devs. They will sell crafting tables and they will sell lands, but those lands don't take away from the fact that you can go into a dungeon, go into the dungeon to get the free to play items that you need in the game. So if you are an investor, you buy the crafting tables and then all the players that are playing, right? Boom, boom. They take out their tokens their resources and now they got to craft something. They're going to go to your crafting table and then you make a percentage out of that crafting table. But the game itself, the mechanic of the game is free to play, right? So we're going to see a lot of that free to play to earn. And then certain assets are like investable assets that the, the, the developers are going to sell beforehand. Okay. So let's talk about those, some of those games that are implementing maybe mechanics you just talked about you got top i put it on top five games for 2022 what do we think uh in 2022 do we think from a a gaming uh project standpoint is it gonna be a pegasi is it gonna be a uh, star atlas is it alluvium give me some games that you're looking at in 2022 and three as we go forward man like what should we be looking out for not investment advice do your own research <laughs> definitely um actually infinity right like that's not going anywhere like they're just going to keep expanding. They're, they're also building the community is building games now collateral to, right. To, to the, to like, uh, they have this actually building program. So we're going to see more burning of SLP, right. Um, through this mini games built by the community. So we're going to see a lot of more actually, um, Illuvium definitely. Holy crap. I mean, that's at the top of my list in terms of like, like that's a fucking game right there. Right. A game and a half. Right. Um, then we got Aurori also, premium game we got ember sword not sure how far away they are um but you know ember sword even if they come out with an alpha or whatever it's a free-to-play game um owning a land in ember sword it gives you revenue from the marketplace sales but the only sales going on in the marketplace are going to be skins so it's not pay to win right They're, the only pay to win aspect a little bit is having a land and having a bigger guild and the fact that you have a bigger guild in your land means that you can hold more players and that you can hold more gold and that you can have more power within the game but it's not crazy like i feel like holy crap this player are better than me 100%. No, there's a little advantage there, but that's why you also team up with the guilds. You're like, yo, I'm a single player. Um, I have a nine to five job just to say something. And you're like, yo, I'm gonna find a guild to be a part of, right? Like, uh, like that solo YOLO, that's not the, that's not the play. The, the solo YOLO, it doesn't work in MMOs. You want to, you know, be with other players. So you join mm. a guild that has big land plots and whatever. So that's fine. Ember Sword. And then we got the sandbox as well, kind of doing the competition to, um, you got the competition to Roblox and bro, they got the competition to Roblox. I mean, you got Adidas world. This is an Adidas world in the sandbox. You know what Roblox has? A Nike world, mm-hmm. but it's not in the metaverse. So it's, it's, a, it's literally a head to head competition here. Um, I see it. The sandbox is going to blow up. Um, and then what else, man? You got big time. Then you got, um, you mentioned Gala games, Gala a couple games, times. Gala games as well. Um, they have Miranda's coming. I mean, but that one's going to take a little bit longer. Nine heroes from Solana. Um, you got be wild pills. Um, you got Guild of guardians. I mean, there's so many, bro. There's so many. Yeah. A phantom galaxy. Oh, right. Phantom, yeah, Phantom Galaxies. Good Phantom call. Galaxy. Good call out. Uh, so a couple things here. Uh, well, I guess just one thing. Guilds. 
and gaming guilds and let's have this discussion because I've had a couple founders from a, a couple different guilds here. What's the importance uh, of guilds and what does that look like uh, for maybe a user? Like, are you just hopping into multiple different guilds? Are you going to hop into one guild and that's going to be spread across multiple games? What's the importance of gaming guilds here in the future? Well, yeah. as you get, as you get set to, to maybe, you know, get involved in that yourself. Yeah, I have a guild um, actually called Hartford Gaming. You guys can follow it on Twitter. Um, we're still building, so that's why I haven't pushed it that hard. But we're still building. We're, we're in the works to to grow it. And I know you have a guild as well. What's your guild again? Um, I we're still in stealth mode. Okay, Obot. Okay, okay, okay. Obot. Okay, okay. Uh, we're going to definitely still be stealth. collaborating. So for sure. Um, but yeah, the importance of guilds is that basically um, not every single player has the money to to uh, to have these assets right so basically you're you're providing these assets uh basically for free right like no entrance fee the only fee is that you know if you farm something you know the guild gets a percentage of that but you're not putting anything up front and then you find a community with within there that you can have fun um with other players and the community is is, is big and then for for the games guilds make a lot of sense because because now you have a big following because you have a big um community it, it's like an automatic uh, community to those games. So if a game is brand new and they need to build their game, it's like, whoa, let's partner up with five, six guilds that have each 20K each or 5K or 10K or even 3K or 4K um, players. And we automatically have a liquidity of players within that game. So there's a lot of aspects to it. And I mm. think guilds are going to shift into, into being more fun too because there's going to be a lot of games that are less farmable and more like uh, people are going to go and try to find communities to play within those games. So, for example, Ember Sword, like, what are you going to do? Where, what asset are you going to lend to somebody in Ember Sword? There's nothing really you can lend other than, you know, provide the land so that people can use it. But, you know, people are just going to find those skills to play for fun and find players to play for fun. And they're going to be part of a guild. And that's something, that's an aspect that you should, that guilds should be, like embracing, right? Like you're not just here to farm, you're here to have fun, right? To play the fun games that you want to play, right? Even if there's no farming going on. Yeah, talk about this Twitch streaming and YouTube gaming streaming, all these things. You see orgs like 100 Thieves that I mentioned just hiring streamers now. And and that's going to be like a huge industry, of course. Are we going to see a, you know, Team Liquid or a Cloud9? Are they going to start getting into NFT gaming streaming? streaming or is this going to be like pure organic? It's going to come from a hard fork, uh, you know, gaming guild where they start up streamers and start hiring these streamers and things like that. What do you think about getting traditional esports teams into NFT games? I think since the industry is changing so quick, um, this guilds or this esports, traditional esports um, uh, organiza this organizations, they don't have to do anything, right? They got to keep grinding the games that they're grinding and those gr games eventually will become NFT games. So they're going to, by default, fall into the NFT crypto gaming, like literally by default, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there are deeper levels of NFT games, right? Uh, other than skins, like, you know, token, tokenomics and all of that. And I don't think they're going to go in there. There, there might be one or two that have that, like they start up a division, like, for example, 100 Thieves NFT gaming or 100 
thieves crypto, right? And that's only focused on crypto so that people know that if you're watching those people, if you're watching that part of the organization, that universe is a crypto universe. So don't go in there and try to blame the other part of, of a hundred thieves. Yeah. Right. For what's going on in the crypto side of a hundred thieves. Right. So they got to be able to separate themselves if they're going to do that. Um, uh, it's very hard for them because they, they have brand risk. Right. So let's, let, well, let's hit on that brand risk. I should have asked you this earlier when we were talking about like the general industry, what the fuck is with this blowback from the traditional gaming sector? Why do gamers not get it, bro? Why, why do gamers not understand and why is there this vitriol against NFTs from people in gaming? Well, some of them come from, from big, uh, big names, right? Like big names and big organizations that don't like it because it takes away their model. So they do understand it. They just have the power to FUD, right? And mm. also you got the gamers that simply gamers were never business oriented. You know, they're not business oriented. They don't like some gamers are, and those are the people farming in WoW, in RuneScape and selling the gold. Right. But not everybody sold gold in, in RuneScape. Not everybody went to the dark website to sell their gold. Not everybody put their, their character at risk. Those people that were doing the dark web type of gold farming and selling it, those people are here in crypto. They understand it very, very well. That's true. They, they, they understand it's the RuneScape, like World of Warcraft auction house. That's us right now. <laughs> we're, we're in it already. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. And so gamers, um, don't, they just like to complain. It's, it's a, it's a thing in gaming. We complain, we complain and nobody has broken it down simple to them. Somebody that has a lot of like power and say in these things has broken it down, but we're going to see that like Justin from Twitch, right. Tweeting like NFTs are going to be bigger than Twitch. Right. Uh, basically him saying that is telling people like, yo, learn, Go learn because you cancel somebody. Not me, bro. Not me. I'm in NFTs, right? So we need more of those people. And even the head of YouTube gaming kind of making a switch to Polygon studio that makes a statement. And we're going to see more of that. And over time, these gamers are going to get it. They're going to get it, but it's super simple. It's literally you own your asset and you can sell it anywhere. That's it. Nobody tells you if you can sell it or not. That's it. Just, yeah. Now, this is a super important concept that you just touched on, which is that some gamers just play the game to enjoy it. Almost like somebody's buying a piece of art to enjoy it, right? Like it's not about the financial aspect of it. It's like I feel like adding the financial aspect almost kind of cancels it or kind of like uh, poisons it in a way. And that might be a, a good, you know, concept to to believe in. I think I actually see the logic behind that where gamers would say, "Hey, don't add this to the game because I just want to enjoy it from a free perspective, but games could just add that. They can just say, Hey, if you want, you could just play the free to play version of this game. Mm -hmm. They could add that. And they could just add simple skin mechanics where you can sell it and trade it. And basically that's it. That's all it is in reality. The, the most important thing is that you can verify it and that's it. You can verify that you own that amount of skins and that the game only released that amount of skins. And right now, um, in Fortnite, for example, the first skins that came out, I'm sure they're limited. They're limited amount of accounts that have those first season skins in Fortnite. Um, and they go for a lot of money on, on eBay, those accounts, right? There's a reason why they go for a lot of money. You know, people still do it, but it's just allowing people to, to trade them. That makes a difference and that's it. And it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. 
and but you can't verify it on Fortnite. Mm. And now, something very important I want to touch on: governance in Fortnite. There's governance in Fortnite, right? Hit it, hit it. Okay, so Fortnite um, recently, like a couple months ago, they introduced a governance system where, like, if they're gonna do an update. If you have this amount of gold in Fortnite, because I have this new token that you can um, farm um, for different things, crafting and stuff, um, you can use your gold to vote on the next um, uh, release, right? But what's the problem there? The problem is that you can't verify how many people have this token and the devs can definitely just vote whatever amount they want. Mm-hmm. In that in that voting system, it's like, can, how can you verify that? They have all the tokens, yeah. Well, th- there is no tokens. It's like they're, they're, it's not registering the ledger that is open, right? So you don't really, gotcha. you don't really know. It's just you know, you you're like pretending you're giving players a power, but if they want to shift the power, they just gotta click a button. One million tokens voted here, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, dude. Honestly, that happens in the in the crypto space right now with with DAOs and things like this, where you have a contentious vote. And the team actually is like, uh, no, we're not, we're not doing that unless it's like verified on chain. That that human coordination that ha- that's happening with DAOs now. But but the point is that you can't in Fortnite you can't verify anything. Mm-hmm. So true. But you see that they're making a shift in the gamer's perspective. Oh wait, I have a chance to to say this is what we want, right? So we we they're doing it slowly. They're smart. They're they're good. They're ready for the transition. I, I think their transition is going to be very late. Because it makes sense to do it late, mm. but they are making the transition and people are just not seeing it. And when I saw that, I was like, that's governance right there. 100% governance. Mm, that will be interesting when they start to implement things that we know uh, in blockchains that, that we understand. Like, hey, uh, Polygon Studios is behind uh, what, what you know Fortnite is doing. So definitely some interesting stuff. I want to give some uh, shout outs here to Money Match Gaming, Prodigy, Digits. We got a lot of commenters here in the house. Uh, we are doing an SLP giveaway and I'm matching Kagi's giveaway. So we're going to do it two ways. Uh, we'll touch on it here in a second. Uh, but I did have one person come through Juan Vincente. And I think he missed your kind of like small announcement there. I uh, said, question to Kagi soon. You'll be reaching 1 million subs on social media platforms. Are you planning to make a guild like an esports? Uh, having you as a founder or co-founder. Uh, so I think you missed that that piece. So hit on that one more time for the people out there. Yes, I'm actually building one right now. You can check it out on Twitter. It's called Hardcore Gaming. Um, so yeah, I'm building it. Um, the Discord is still not open. Um, the website is super like basic. It's just like, like a, like a presentation. Um, but we're building, we're building hard and, um, yeah, we're coming in with everything we got, everything we got. And you're going to see a lot more from, from our guild very, very soon. And I hope you guys kind of like, you know, join and enjoy what we're going to do in that guild. So, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know you're super, I know you're super stealth mode right now, uh, with that Kagi, but what's the ethos, what's the mission? Mm for hard fork are you what are you guys doing there yeah it's actually very simple just like a traditional guild that we have not traditional like the new guilds are happening here is a play to earn guild but with a heavy focus on content as well right um we you know there's a lot of the team members that you know um there are people from marketing we got buffalo that knows how to direct um shows um so we're gonna have both sides something that is missing in the in the guilds right now is that there's, they lack content. They lack um, entertainment. And that's something that we're going to bring to the table. Not only are you going to have a place to play to earn and enjoy with other players, you're also going to have access to different creators like me. I'm going to be in the Discord. You know, we're going to play together. 
Uh, I'll be doing content for new games that we add to our guilds. And it's just gonna, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. All right. We are coming into the end of the episode guys. So I just posted in the chat uh, questions for Kagi. So if you do have any questions, lightning questions, we'll hit at the end here. I guess we could do some details here for the giveaway, Kagi. What what are you thinking about choosing somebody on stream? We don't have the bot, my bad. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, after this video is done, I, like guys, after it's done, you go to the comment section because you can't comment right now and just comment um, your wallet address so that when we pick it, we know where to send it right away, right? And uh, it's going to be randomized. We use a website. We just put the comments there. Boom. And that is it. That's all you have to do. One more detail there, Kagi. Can we, can we put like what their favorite NFT game is? So YouTube doesn't like just see addresses and like ban the episode or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Just put, um, your favorite, uh, NFT, um, your favorite NFT game and put your Twitter handle just in case, you know, where can we reach you? Twitter handle so we can reach you. Cause sometimes I've done giveaways on YouTube and people don't do this. That They forget to put their socials or whatever, and we can't reach them. They want to, we can reach them. Okay. Perfect, man. All right. The last question uh, that is rolling in here and I'll leave it open just a little bit more and then we'll let Kagi go. What's the next step for you, my man? I know hard for gaming. We just touched on What's the next step for you? Um, yeah, Hartford Gaming is definitely right now the the main focus, right? Um, the next step is go back to YouTube and keep grinding. As you guys can see, like my YouTube channel right now, I'm not putting content as daily uh, as I used to, but I do have a lot of content in the back end that I want to do. That's one thing. I also want to enjoy life a little bit more, uh, definitely, because I've been working so hard. I, uh, you know, um, that's that. And then, Later on, uh, down my career, I want to shift my content a little bit more to vlogging, right? Um, go to crypto conferences, um, vlog it and have like a vlogging kind of personality as well. That's something that I always enjoyed. And as you guys can see on my Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, that sometimes I just do videos that make no sense. They're just entertainment, right? Like, and that's something... (laughs) Bro, please do with the briefs, bro. I I just need no more briefs on my timeline, man. <laughs> what do you mean, briefs? Like your underwear. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's part of vlogging. That's you just gotta be raw and and it's not something I try, by the way. Like, oh, I'm gonna do this and this. It's something like I feel comfortable fucking, you know, coming out in my in my underwear. You know, like I don't I don't even think about it too much. I'm in my underwear. I'm like, yo, underwear, what's up? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the content you do, brother. I appreciate you uh, keeping the NFT gaming space entertaining. It would be a much, I guess, not as bright a space without you. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have, I've seen anybody kind of juice it out like that. You know, like just fucking being that extra, right? <laughs> A little extra. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to have Kagi end this episode uh, with any of his saying, no NFT, no player juice or something like that. And I'll press the end stream, but appreciate you guys following along. Thank you so much, uh, Kagi, for, for really stopping by and laying it down when it came to the NFT gaming space. Uh, guys, you can follow uh, the actual audio version of this as well on Spotify and Apple podcast. If you want to get a second look at what we've got going and don't forget about that giveaway. So Kagi, Take it away, man. Thank you again for hopping on the Nifty Q show, man. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, Guys, no NFT, no play, baby. Let's go. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Much love.